the criteria Latifi needs to do to get re-signed. Not get last. <laughs> oh, Spa's back. And lights out and away we go. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton is halfway to space. <laughs> Personally yeah. go IndyCar over Williams. Yeah, space. <laughs> Grosjean Zoo. Guan Yu Zhou. Guan Yu Zhou. No, Zhou Guan Yu. I said that the first time. George was already sitting in that seat. Look, I don't agree with it, but you've asked a question. I'm trying to find a way to justify it. I'm just it. trying to absolutely tear your answer apart. G'day, and welcome to Formula Bums on the Bench. My name is Jacko, and with me is one guest. Andy. <laughs> i got nothing, man. I'm so unprepared for today. That's fair. Josh was going to join us, but he was so distraught after last week. And the great news that Kyle Flanagan is um a dragon now, like I said, that he decided not to be on. He's He can't make it. How do you feel about it? Uh, you know what? It's the story of my life, I want to say the last couple of weeks has been like, you can feel that something not good is about to happen, but you just can't do anything to stop it. And then when it finally happens, you kind of feel half relieved, but then you're also like, I'm going to have to deal with this. <laughs> it's the story of my life the last couple of weeks, man. Um, look, I don't think he's a great football player and I don't think that's a controversial thing to say about Kyle Flanagan. He hasn't been brilliant. However, if there is a coach that might be able to get something out of him, you'd assume it'd be his dad, right? So like, I think we have the best opportunity to see Kyle Flanagan do something. I doubt it though. And well, his that dad even coached depends him if he gets the start. Well, he won't. Let's be real. You've got Benny Hunt there for, at this stage. Unless exactly. he leaves. Yeah. Uh, Dragons, man. Look, if we're talking footy, we're talking about the finals, bro. <laughs> Give a brother a break. <laughs> nah, it's funny news. It's funny news. Uh, so, I, I, I think Shane Flanagan's going to be a good coach for the Dragons. So taking Kyle out. Yeah, I do. I do. Because if it's not going well, we'll just get on the roids and then we'll do really well for a couple of months. It's going to be sweet. So like we're going to get wins, whether they're legitimate or not. Is That's a legend and that's up for debate. But I also, I like Shane Flanagan in commentary. And this is what I judge most of my opinion on. Every time he's in commentary, he's normally the only person who's able to understand the game of football that's happening in front of him. And that, for me, feels like a good sign for a coach. I'm not good at sports. <laughs> well, then, by that case, Hook was a really bad coach because he doesn't sound like he knows what the fuck he's saying when he's in comms. No, he was horrible. And, see, there you go. It's not that crazy of a theory because when he's been in commentary, it's just like, whose granddad got out of the home today? <laughs> like, it sounds like that. That's the sort of voice he puts on, isn't it? It's just this old man voice. Oh, do you know what? No wonder why you we did so poorly. fucking idiot. He'd sit down to do his halftime speech. He'd get four words in and halftime be over. All the boys have to get back on the fucking field. He talks so slow. What? what did <laughs> you fucking curtain. The <laughs> yeah, fucking, the, the old, the old Matty John, Zach Lomax impression. that he got told never to do again. It was a good impression though. That was, that was the thing. It was a very good impression. So, this is a combined episode. Now, Andy, yes. why is this a combined episode? Because I'm really busy at work. Josh isn't here, and I forgot to hit record on Zambor <laughs> when we recorded that. <laughs> so, 
There is. We have half an episode of Xanville good to go. It is literally me. And I sound absolutely insane because I, I'm talking like someone's reacting to me the whole time. Because <laughs> so I forgot to hit do... the record button. Yes, you did. You did. It's the first one too. I'm shocked that we made it this far without that happening. And I'm even more shocked that it was you. Yeah, I know. It was just... Look, the old setup, I couldn't see the front of the recording machine. So I couldn't see that it was a green button, <laughs> not a red button. So I went and stole my partner's camping table and set the mixer up next to me so I could see <laughs> the button today. So we're all good to go. We've got, which means you're getting a combination episode. So if you listen to us simply for non-motorsport, sucked in. But if you listen to us for simply only motorsport, also sucked in. This is a good compromise because everybody's a little bit disappointed at the end. And that's what my dad always taught me. A good compromise leaves everybody annoyed. That's fair. <laughs> so, let's start with a wrap-up of Zanvort. And, because we've got a lot to cover, I think we do what we've been seeing all season. Lights out, Max wins. That's basically it, except it was thrown into Damn. the fourth dimension twice. That race. Two times, it pissed down rain. Which is Damn. perfect. It should, it it was, should always be raining. It was a really, overall, it was a really, really good F1 race. And if you're listening and you've never really delved into what Formula One is as a sport, Zandvoort is the one to watch from this year. It was really, really exciting. It was also really tragic because that's where we saw uh, Daniel Ricciardo break his wrist. Yep. But he's on the men now. He should be back this weekend. And we saw the debut of Liam Lawson. No, not Liam. Was it Liam Lawson? Yeah, it was Liam yeah. Lawson. Liam Lawson Fantastic. debuted at Sandboard, but came out of his shell at Monza. Fantastic. That kid has some serious talent. Who's out of a job now? Who's genuinely out of a job? You've got four seats to fill, and you've got five drivers. Okay. What are the seats we need to fill? That will help me. So the, four Red Bull, the full Red Bull seats. Oh, the four Red Bulls. Okay. So we we already so, know Max is Max is a lock. So you got three seats. I got three seats. Okay. Well, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what a certain member of Red Bull thinks about one of their drivers at the moment. Oh yes, I did see that. I here's what I would do. Now you could say in some way I'm putting my helmet on before I have this discussion and we'll oh, leave God. it there. <laughs> but. I would move. Ch- Checo can stay in Red Bull because okay. he's doing fine. I would fire Yuki and put Danny and Liam in that team. Well, that's what it's looking like, all things considered, because from what I've been reading, Helmet's pretty keen to keep Daniel at Alpha Tauri next year or whatever it becomes. Hugo Boss Racing, I think, was a name I seen. I don't know. They're Boss changing. Racing the, they're, is a good team name. Well, if they're changing it up. Like they are changing it up. I can't remember what the name is if they've even announced it, but it looks more likely that Daniel will stay there for next year and he'll be driving a carbon copy of this year's Red Bull, for at least as legally as they can do it. And then the other seat, Yuki's doing okay, but. I think Liam's pushed enough to get that seat. 
Yuki is having, and this is what is disappointing about Yuki Tsunoda. Last year and the year before, this is a very easy decision to make. You'd go, yep, Yuki doesn't have what it takes. However, every bit of development they've asked him to do, so, you know, they got him working with a sports psychologist to work on that, like, mental strength and character so he can Mm. stay calm under pressure. And then his race results have improved. This year, it's very hard not to say, well, you know what? Yuki's kind of earned a shot at next year, and he has. He's done quite well this year in a car that's really not good. Mm-hmm. And last year's car was particularly horrible. But Liam has done in two races, because we've got to talk about Monza as well, which he just absolutely killed. Yeah. He's done enough that you can't not give him a seat. And there's no way I'm telling Daniel that his time in the sport's done. Like, that's just not an option for me. My bias is there. So, unfortunately, it just it has to be Yuki Go because you can't really replace Checo. Yep, he's not maybe had the best qualifying, but it really hasn't hindered the season. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter what he's up to. Max is having one of those freak years where it's like, oh, no, he will win the World Constructors by himself if he has to. He already is. Yeah. Like so, it, it's Checo's unreal. Got to stay. I I see that. I see the argument for that. But I think we all know what Red Bulls like. Red Bulls more than likely going to be like on Christmas Day. Hey, Checo, you're sacked. Like Probably. the the old tiny Tim story. Yep, and you know it. Money does involve in this. Daniel has not performed at his peak over the last couple of years. He's still worth a lot of money. But, you know, you can probably put him in that Red Bull on unders for what you are paying Checo at the moment. Safely in saying, look, man, we're we're bringing you in. You get a shot at the top seat. It's going to cost you a little bit of your paycheck. And then, you know, there's that aspect of it too where they might just play the money game and go, well, we're going to bump Max up to the max we can pay him. But no, no, the Max is already the most paid driver in Formula One at the moment. Yeah, oh yeah, but he's probably getting a pay rise after this year anyway. I doubt that since he's signed till 2028. Oh, true. Uh, he true. signed like the monster contract. He's not, you don't go back to the negotiation table just because old mates won three championships in a row. I would be. Ah, oh, 100% would be. I would. That's me. That's though. why you're <laughs> not running a business. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's that's my take on that seat. I thought, and the other thing we've got to talk about Zanford is the McLarens are in the ascendancy at the moment. So that mm-hmm. team is pulling themselves out of the ground. They looked really, really good. Oscar's doing everything he needs to in a rookie year. He's having a really good rookie year. Lando, and I said this, I need to say it again. His driving is starting to really, really impress me. And so is his maturity. I still like hanging shit on him. But God, he's gotten good this year. He's really good this year. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that's letting him down is the fact that that McLaren's probably six months behind the Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that initial development package that they bought out at the start of the year wasn't acceptable to begin the season. Which was disappointing because it did limit not only Lando competing against Max at the start of the year, but also Oscar being able to show what true pace he has. What I've liked about it, though, and what I think this development cycle has given Oscar compared to Lando is it's shown that he can drive very, very close to his teammate in a pretty okay back-of-the-grid car. The second they turn that around on a dime and it's now a front-of-the-pack car, Oscar is still right there. You know what I mean? That skill Mm -hmm. gap 
is there. It's not like what we saw with, and it was really unfortunate what we saw with Pierre and Alex when they stepped up into the Red Bull. They went from doing overperforming in a midfield car to really, really struggling in a top of the field car. And I know there's differences, but the optics of this looks good moving forward for that kid's career. And the other thing that you're not taking into consideration too is the fact McLaren now have an on-site wind tunnel. Finally open? It's. I'm pretty sure it's... Uh, who? What's his fucking name? Seidel's dream has become a reality while Seidel's at Sauber. Bad move by him though. I'm, I'm throwing that is out it there. Though? Is it though? That money from Audi, a new Audi works deal, like... It's a chance for him Bad to completely move for sh- this year. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's always going to be hard work doing that sort of thing. Of course, of course. But what it shows that he takeaways? can do it. What were my big takeaways? Uh Max will win every race for the rest of the year. Are you? Are we going to go on like that's a pretty much? guarantee for you now like that's yeah that's yep. absolutely there's unless his car spectacularly fails and even then i still think he'll win the race by 20 seconds <laughs> like <sighs> that, that red bull is so reliable this year so, so reliable. I, was, I was doing some research for once in my life i know shocking <laughs> right do you remember in baku when sergio won mm-hmm. and max sort of started clicking right at the end of that race but it wasn't quick enough to get to Sergio. The reason that was was because him and GP were just trying a few settings. And the last setting that GP said, hey, try this, everything clicked. And since then, Max has known how to drive this fucking car. Right, okay. Which is a luxury no other person on this grid gets to have where you can literally take half a race off and turn it into a really glorified practice session. Cars at full temperature, fuel loads run. Like, that's brilliant by those two. And, and the kicker was, it was a sprint race where this happened. Wasn't the real race because he won the real fucking race. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's a freak. Absolute freak what he's doing this year. I enjoy it too. Like, well, of course Max, you do. You fucking Verstappen Chagger. Yeah, oh, big time. I'm also really enjoying watching Max kind of not be as angry and lean into like that funny cheeky side that he has. Like a lot of his press conferences are really, really funny. Where they're like, "So, Max, what's it going to take to win today?" He's like, "Well, oh, better come, come first, first, day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It is classic Max. Those sort of things. But which is why we need that, him and Danny back together. I know. Whether that happens or not, it's another story. It's all about whatever Marco wants, I guess. He's a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that was did Zambu, you know? Right? Red, oh. Yeah, that's pretty much Zambu. Red Bull can win the constructors this weekend, by the way. And how like many races are left? Two are uh, heap. So here's the two scenarios in which it can happen. Red Bull scores a 1-2, more than likely, and Mercedes fail to score. Less likely. Or Red Bull 1-2, Red Bull gets a faster slap, and Mercedes score one point or less. If one of those two scenarios happen, then 
Red Bull are the world champions again in Singapore. That's a it's a very long way out for that to happen. I don't think that will occur. I think well, the Mercedes are going to score points. Okay, but either way, if that's what it is for this weekend, then next weekend it's going to be significantly easier. Oh, absolutely. Japan. I'm saying we're two or three weeks out from a, a world championship ceremony. Like it, it's coming very soon. I just it, don't think it's going to be at Singapore. Who, who's the one that tells Max he wins the world championship in the ga- in the pit lane? Is it Coulthard? Oh. Do they br- do they bring Johnny Herbert back for one race? No. Can we? You know what? Make Lewis do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. No, look. I would love it to be Nico Rosberg. Hey, mate, you beat uh, Lewis Hamilton in a car that's significantly better than him. It's not as good as when I beat him in the same car, though. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so when are you going to actually beat him as a teammate so it's real then, Max? <laughs> How are you, anybody's? Strong? <laughs> Fucking hell. He would, too. Yeah, no, look. I just hope that when it is announced... Someone just checks and gives it the green light to be like, yes, we are 100% confirmed that you are the world champion. Like, it doesn't need to be in the pit lane directly after the race if you're not sure. Just, like, figure it out and announce it once. That's what I you know want. It, I don't care how You know what you do? You know how you do it? They have the interviews after the race, right? But you don't mention shit. You tell whoever's doing the interviews to shut the fuck up about it. He goes into the, the cool-down room. They have their little Max Verstappen podcast with these new two new guests. <clears throat> and then as he comes out to accept, you know how they call him out third, second, first? Just be like, and your 2024 world champion, first place Max Verstappen. Boom, there you go. That's perfect. a good way to do it. That's perfect. Simple. Yeah, done. Done. But you got to get him to have his podcast first because that's important. I love the cool-down room. And I'm glad it's back. It is very awkward. Um, <laughs> it's an awkward thing to like listen in on. I love it. Because like, I, I do too. But like, let's be real. Max isn't a normal human being. No, he's got to make that very clear. He's very weird. And like any, any athlete at the top of the game is an inherent weird person. So it's just strange when they talk about it. I like when Alonzo's in there. He's just happy to be there. Yeah, he's happy to be there. We then also had Monza. Yes, but let's come back to that later and let's do yep. a high, as we are doing a hybrid show. Let's take a break on Formula One and talk about Sportball. Sportball. Okay, so NFL's back. Oh, can we talk about the big news from the NFL, please? Because it's really funny. New York Jets? Yes. Yeah, oh my God. So uh, I don't know if anyone's seen this online at the moment, but there is already a season highlights reel for the new quarterback of the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, who... Former MVP. (laughs) Former MVP, Aaron Rodgers, the man who was dubbed to save New York this year. He got four plays into his career at New York, and he's done. ACL went. And if you've seen the replay... Achilles. Achilles went. Achilles. Achilles went. And if you've seen the replays, it's a full tear. You can... Oh, yeah, you see There's a slow-mo of his leg. It's horrible. And I feel bad for him, too. It's also impressive that, like, he's in his 40s, right? Yes. Yeah. That blows my mind. That And Tom Brady did it, too. Like, that, those mm. quarterbacks can play at that level for that long. 
Well, it, it's pretty simple with the way that they play the game because as long as they're not getting hit, they're not running very far. They're just throwing the ball pretty quickly out of the pocket. So yeah, you, you can survive not being fit. You just got to have an arm on you. Yeah, so I look, I want to be an NFL fan. I really do. Great, I love and it. And I like the sport. Yeah, no, I really like it. It's just I haven't found enough time dedicated to sit down and, and watch it properly or access it in the ways I want. I think it is one of the best highlight sport reels on the planet because every time they're in motion, something cool's happening. Yeah, every tackle's a car crash. And it's okay because they're wearing pads. So you don't feel as yeah. bad for these guys getting crunched. Whereas um, in the NRL, they get crunched. You're like, oh, has he got a concussion? Oh, is his shoulder all right? Oh, that looks like whiplash. I think it was KO who did the video where they showed NRL highlights to NFL players. Yeah, they've done that. Yep. They've also and done the it on like Jimmy Fallon. I want to say it was on... I think it was on Jimmy Fallon as well. They did the same thing. They showed rugby highlights to NFL stars. And but the it's number always one interesting. answer they all come back with is, I can't believe they're not wearing helmets. <laughs> yeah. But my favorite was when uh, The Rock got shown some NRL highlights leading up to the World Cup. Because The Rock was really involved. He's actually, like, he's reached out to a lot of the Samoan players because he's Samoan heritage. You know, just to reach them well. And I believe it's Brian Toto from the Panthers actually has... The Rock's number and he's fine. Like, and he he just reaches out to him every now and then and The Rock will send him a heartfelt message back, just being like, bring it home for Samoa and shit like that. But The Rock got shown all these things and he, former professional wrestler, does all these stunts and even he was shocked by some of the shit that he was watching. It Because it is, like... I And we say it all the time, American sports are a lot of fun. They have the most money in the world, mm-hmm. the best broadcasting in the world. And because a lot of their culture, like their whole education system has a large sports component to it that ours really doesn't. So all yeah. our sports clubs are like private after school. College football, there is absolute scenes happening in college football at the moment. You had the Enter Sandman walk-on, which was just... That's something Mental. I want to be a part of. If I was in college, or if I'd have known about that when I was in uni, I would have tried to go there just for that. Oh, 100%. I think it's University of Virginia. Yes. Yes, it's not the Carolinas because I watched them play the other day, North and South Carolina, because mm. I thought that would be a fun game. I'm pretty sure it's an orange team, that's for sure. It is. Yep, they are orange. But they're, they're, uh, they're, they're fucking... The, the, what would you say? It the like The cult around it. College football is yeah. bigger than fucking NFL in a way. It is. It is. And March Madness is also incredibly popular with the basketball. College oh, that's basketball. always fun to watch. Yeah, it's just, it's awesome that the spheres of influence are starting to cross over. So we're starting to accept more American sports and even our local advertisers are talking about it. But then also the NRL's heading over to Vegas at the start of next year. Yeah, without a few stars though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so not only will the Chookies be losing Jared Warrior Hargraves, but it looks like the Bunnies marquee signing of Jack Byton won't be there. Now we need to talk about this. So the funniest the first weekend of the NRL National Rugby League finals, which means there are two elimination finals and two, and two preliminary qualifiers. finals. Yeah, qualifiers. No, qualifiers, not preliminary. Qualifiers. Preliminary is the week before. 
Right. So the, the way it works is your two qualifiers qualify you for one of the preliminary finals if you win. And if you lose, you get a second chance in week two. Against the, the winner of the elimination finals. Yes. First game was a qualifier. Start? Let's just go through it one by one because the first game okay. was a cracker. It was Melbourne-Brisbane in a qualifying final, two versus three. And the scenes from that that coach's Bro. box. That coach's box, man. Biblical is how I would describe it. <laughs> Bellyache had an all-time meltdown. It was great. And the best part of the footage is there's a little Broncos fan in the back of the mirror just going, yeah, fuck you, he's flipping him off. He's like a 12-year-old. Bro, so it's a sold-out Suncorp Stadium in the middle of Brisbane. And it yeah, is 52,000. I'm going to say it's full of 51,990 Broncos fans. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there was only like 10 Storm fans in there. There was 10 Storm fans. Uh, and the Broncos just came out and played such a fun game of footy. And Melbourne, I have never seen them play so poorly as a team. No, no one has. It was horrifying. So here's the people who played well for Melbourne. Jerome Hughes. Yep. And that's about it. Harry oh, the Grant. guy who had no 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 the guy who had belly aches walkie talkie and managed to hold it the whole game. He was yeah, the give star. that man a medal. <laughs> Having give that, that man much yelling. Because Bellyache went off every opportunity they cut to him. He was just losing his fucking shit until the, the moment that broke the NRL's heart. Yeah. We have to mention it. And it's probably the moment that saved Melbourne from an all-time spray. Yeah, look, it did. So Ryan Pappenhausen, who is, I want to say, probably one of the most popular young footballers in the country and has been yep. for a while. Like, he's just good for the game. Great mullet. He, great Great fucking footy style. He's an X Factor. And New South Welshman. Exactly. That's the most important part, to be honest. <laughs> and and he, went down in a bad tackle and broke his ankle. I it wasn't his fault he broke his ankle. It was the fat fucker on top of him that broke it. Who <laughs> <laughs> was his teammate? The other thing, so we uh, we will go back and talk about Paps because it was genuinely a heartbreak moment. Like, it took all the fun out of the evening for, I want to say, most of the country. Yeah, everyone was just, like, thoughts and prayers with Paps. Yeah, and, like, you go on Reddit, and normally the after-game chats are a lot of fun because it's people hanging shit on each other. Every single person was like, hey, man, that was a really good game. Fuck, we're sorry about Paps. Yeah. Everybody. And um, everyone hates Melbourne, but they were yeah. all sorry about Paps. And because this is the thing, it was his second game back from a year-long injury after having, they call it, a, they said it was a fractured patella, but we've seen the x-rays. It was an obliterated patella. His kneecap was destroyed. I believe it was 17 places. But that's yeah. what his knee was left at. Yep. Yeah. Um, got absolutely demolished in that. The funniest thing, and I, I hope both players are okay, but... Did you see the head clash between the two Melbourne players coming around to tackle? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I felt bad, but it also was just like that three seconds sums up Melbourne's game that night, where it's just like they went for a really big tackle, and I'll tell you what, if they connected, would have drilled him, but they hit each other and conked each other out. The only 
we're talking a lot about Melbourne. There's one more bit about Melbourne I want to bring up before we talk about how good the Broncos were. Because it's not fair just to say Melbourne was shit because the Broncos were fantastic as well. Yeah, but it is fair to say Melbourne was shit because Melbourne is shit. Yes. No, I'm saying it's fair to say they're shit, but we also have to say how good the Broncos were too. Cameron Munster. Yeah. Now, Cameron Munster is a freak on the football field. He's incredibly talented. It pains me to say it, but he's very good at what he does. No, I don't know what you're saying. He's fucking shit. He's a bad sport, though. He's a very bad sport. He's a bad sport. I'm all for for hanging shit on him because he's a Queenslander and he plays for Melbourne. But he's done some pretty, you know, controversial things on a footy field when he's losing. And I just, I think... Brisbane really turned me off him, the way he played. Once once they were in the losing zone, it's the same as Cody Walker. As soon as the Rabbitohs start losing, losing, Cody Walker does similar shit. I'm just like, this is fucking shit. Why do you do that? Which because, And that's the thing too. Like There are players out there who are allowed to get away with being grubs. Jerry Hargraves, Victor Radley. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> no, but think like Josh Maguire, right? Which is like, you're not talented, but you're what... An old school infuriating enforcer. Get on there and annoy the shit out of them because you can't play footy. Cameron mm-hmm. Munster is Can a really footy. good football player. Really good. Like he's a he's a fucking five eight for our country. He's that good. And yet the second it's not going his way, it's treading on fingers, it's sliding in with the knees, kicking it's someone in the back of long, the head. Kicking someone in the back of the head. Like it, it's, it's a just, joke. Yeah, and it, it's, it's so disappointing because, yeah, that's the thing. You've got the talent, man. Just take a few deep breaths and play footy a little bit better. Your team will win. We've seen you turn around games by yourself, hmm. but not because you tread on people's fingers, because you're really good at playing football. So just play the fucking game, man. I know. Brisbane, though, I think I love Reese Walsh. You just want him on the Dragons, don't you? Everybody wants Reese Walsh on their team. Would you keep Teddy or Reese this year? I'll take Reese. Yeah, it's hard, hey. He's really fun. It's hard. But then also there's Joey Manu, so it's like I don't need either, to be honest. Valid. Very, very valid. But when you are when you support a team like mine and you've got like one or two good players, you, you take what you want. Who's good? Benny Hunt. He's Sorry. leaving. No, no, well... He's the two good players on the team, Ben and Mr. Hunt. There you go. <laughs> There's the fucking good players on our team. That's a lie. I like all of the Dragons. But Brizzy looks right. Good. You only but like Blake Laurie because he shares I love Blake Laurie. I wish. Do you know what? That's one of my dreams for this show is that we get to a stage where we get reached out and he's like, hey, bro, come over for dinner and we have wings together. <laughs> I don't think it's that unrealistic of an expectation. But Blake, Fair. if you are listening, I've never said shit. That was an AI voice modulating me. Hit me up, bro. I love sharing chicken wings. Even though you Especially don't. from Sneaky And you fucking eat all of them at Sneaky Burger every time we win or lose and there's no fucking wings there for me. But apart from that, hit me up, bro. You look good with a beard too. Broncos are on fire. Broncos are probably my dark horse to win this. I don't... As much as it pains me to say, I think the Broncos should win it. I do. Because I hate Penrith. 
I hate Aram. You know, you know we, we're over Penrith when we're like, how nice would it be for Queensland to win? <laughs> like, that's where we're at yeah. at the moment where we're like, fuck yeah, Queensland. But in saying that, the Riff have to go through the important game this week. And they've got... Who they so, got? they've got the winner of Melbourne versus another team we need to talk about. Roosters. Yeah. Best team in the world. <laughs> we is. do not deserve to be where we are. No way. Yeah, no way in hell. <laughs> like, the fact that you made the eight was like, oh, damn, I can't believe they managed to hold their season together well enough to get in. And then you beat the Sharkies in an incredibly exciting game. Uh, and we're wounded as fuck now because of it. Yes. Yeah. Four and of our that's the. Because four of our top five players in the back line are gone. Joey Manu's out with a hamstring tear again. Billy Smith played 35 minutes with a broken fucking jaw. Um, who else is out? Daniel Tupo's still out from the injury he got two weeks ago. Fucking Suali's out concussed. So our back line this week looks terrible in comparison to Melbourne's. But the main thing is, is James Tedesco still there? Sammy Teddy's Walker, there. the king of Bondi, is still there. Luke Heary's still there. And the cheese is going back to Melbourne to show him why he wants to be a rooster. It's um, it's going to be a absolute brutal match. Melbourne's also not coming in completely well either. So Paps obviously is out for a significant amount of time. Xavier Coates is out and he's yep. you know, he's their most devastating try scorer. So you can kind of wipe three tries off the scoreboard already by him just not being there because he's a freak in the air. On top but, of that, go I'm on. Just looking to see if there's any more. So Yong tu- Tuno Mapea is also out this Tono week. Mapea? Tonomapia, Pizet's still out. Jonah Pizet, who I actually know someone who knows him. Played footy who? with him growing up. Uh guy I work with actually grew, grew up playing footy with him. Well, there you apparently go. He's a, apparently he's a fucking gun. And, of course, George Jennings is out and Dean Aramia is out for Melbourne. The only ones that matter are Pappenhausen, Coates, and Tonomapia, to be honest. Whereas the Chilkies, this is how bad we look at the moment. Manu, out. Momorowski, back. Walker, back. Uh, Sulee, out. Billy Smith, done for the season. Jared Maria Hargraves, knocked himself out by being an idiot for the season. Daniel Tupo should be back next week. Connor Watson still hasn't played a game this year. What's and up of with course, him? Because he did his knee, knee in preseason and he hasn't been able to get it right. Right, because I've noticed his absence, and I like Connor Watson. I think he's a really fun footy player to have on the team. He could have changed it so much for us this year if he was around. And, of course, Satili's still out. He is my favourite second rower in the competition. When he can hold on to the ball, he's devastating. I just think back to like one of his first games he played. It was against Melbourne. It was in twenty. I want to say it was 2019. Trell was still there. Yeah, Troll was still there. And game was going to go to Golden Point. And it might have gone to Golden Point. Anyway, Teddy got a pass off to to Tupanua. Barnstorms through the Melbourne line. 
makes 40 metres up the field. Next play is literally the ball goes straight back to Latrell. He kicks a field goal from 40 out, and Troll ran straight to the Melbourne fans because they were in Melbourne and was fucking celebrating right in front of them. One of the last good things Troll ever did. (laughs) He's had... It's been a very interesting year for him. And, like, we've watched the Rabbits kind of self-destruct at the end of the season, so we're fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That was one of the elimination finals. The other elimination final was just as exciting. Which I want to say it was the, the probably the best finals game in the last 20 years. It's up there. It, you know what? I haven't gone back and like, I can't scientifically state it, but I said after the game, I was like, that might be one of the most exciting games of footy I've ever watched. It was unreal, that game. And it then, was of course, Knights we're talking versus about- Raiders. Exactly. And lots of things came out of it. Of course, the mo- the, the one I really like is Jack Whiten's new nickname. <laughs> Jack, Jack Byton. Byton. So he let's went break from, that down a little bit. So he went from Jack Whiten, his real name, to Jack Fighten because he got caught fighting out in front of Civic in Canberra. Yep. And now he's gone from Jack Fighten to Jack Byton because he's been accused of biting Tyson Gamble. And he's ah, been found, found guilty. guilty. Of biting Tyson Gamble, he's now suspended for three games. Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. You know what? I don't think you could announce that you're going to the bunnies any better than by biting some dude on a footy field. Oh, <laughs> like it just sings to me. It's like, yep, that's fucking South Sydney right there. Uh, as for the actual game that was played, holy shit. I don't think there was a five-minute period where it couldn't have gone either way. Back and forth the whole game. And then into extra time. So, did you realize it was extra time, not golden point? Yes, because it's a finals. And that's what they... The broadcasters did a good job of reminding me. But they went, we're going to do two five-minute halves of extra time. And then after that, we're going to go into unlimited five-minute halves of golden point until someone scores. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. So when Ponga kicked the fucking penalty, I thought the game was over, so I turned it off. <laughs> there was there was a little bit more to go, but not much, man. It was over then. Yeah. They, I feel bad for the Raiders. I think the way the Raiders played in that second half, they probably deserved another try. They did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I, I like the Raiders. I think they're a pretty neutral team to support. For some reason, they don't seem to be, like, caught up in all this, like, team rivalries or things like that. So, like, Canberra's a fun team to support. Sticky's just an absolute lunatic, so he's always great to support. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it's, it's a good football club to, like, hang around and watch. I wanted them to win, but I did tip the Knights. So, it was a, I was a very yeah. conflicted game all weekend. The only tip I got wrong was the Roosters game. That was I got all four right, and now I'm tied first in our fucking tipping comp. <laughs> I'm not last anymore, so I'm stoked. Now, the big question is, the, and here's the game we're not talking about that happened, which was Penrith and Warriors. Warriors came out and did okay, but oh, that, 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 just the, better. The thing we need to mention about that is Warriors finals really start this week. Not having Sean Johnson last week, they couldn't have gone into it thinking they could win. No one was going to no. win that game without the Daily M candidate in the team. And just a man who is very, very much in form and moving well within the team. Like, it's been cool to watch Sean Johnson go back to the Warriors and just, you know, take them to the finals. 
No, I However, agree. It, there were aspects of that Warriors-Penrith game that did show where Penrith's weakness is at. And it's yeah. all to do around the offloading of the ball. It's exactly what Parramatta did to him a couple of weeks ago. When And the only try the Warriors scored was from that offload. Yeah, so I feel like Penrith's defense is just, it's very structured and they get, what, like two to three people to wrap the ball up. But the moment you do that, you do leave space. So if that ball comes out, fucking it's it's on. You can find space and that's all some players need. Players like Sean Johnson just need a tiny bit of space and then they could probably find a try. Yeah, so I didn't expect the Warriors to go in and win. I don't, I don't think, think Penrith... Yeah, no. I don't think Penrith are... They're still the team to beat. I still think they're the best team. But I don't think they're as bulletproof this year as they have been last year. No, I agree. I think there's there's obvious holes that you can open Penrith up in. It's not, it's not as... It's not going to be an easy job beating them. But it's doable. Uh, last year, I didn't think it was doable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I thought it was a, as soon as Penrith made that grand final, I was like, "Well, this is a foregone conclusion." <laughs> yeah, they were as much never as I wanted lose last year. As much as I wanted Parra to win, I didn't see it happening. Yeah, I still every time Parra gets brought up, I just remember me at the start of this year being like, "Nope, they're going back in, boys. They'll get it this year." And then just no, they're not even <laughs> in the finals. <laughs> no. So, Luai's still out though, isn't he? He's back next week. He's back next week, which is a shame because Cogger is phenomenal. I'm pretty sure Cogger's going to Nui next year. He is. They snake. They snaked him out of it. I tell you who we haven't seen debut, or we've seen him play one or two games, and I don't know if he's out injured or not. But um, Volkman, who went from the Roosters to the Warriors, yeah, I don't think he's absolutely ready. Yep. So that's why he hasn't played. I imagine we'll see him next year. I hope like so. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident we'll see him next year. Everyone says that he's pretty fantastic and he's going to be good. But Cogger's done a really, really good job stepping when he's needed to at every point this year. Like, I mean, it's impressive to watch playing in that team. It's like, okay, you've stepped in and fit in really, really well. But, you know, when you're playing behind... <laughs> Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo, and you've got that set up. It is pretty, you know, you can be relatively confident that you're going to do a decent job in that role. You realize Volkman's going to, Volkman's the Warriors, not the Penrith, right? No, I said that, but I'm, I went to talk back about Cogger, or did I say Volkman yeah. at the start of the sentence? You said Volkman. Oh, Cogger. <laughs> I meant Cogger. <laughs> Both stand true, though, because, you know, somebody in that Warriors team, they look really good this year. What is the result of this weekend's finals going to be? Who's going to get over who? So you've got the busted Melbourne and Roosters playing each other. Yep. And Uh, you've got the Warriors and Knights playing each other. Okay, I'm going to start with the easy one first. Warriors will beat the Knights. Warriors are playing at home. I just can't. Here's the thing. Newcastle's flying to New Zealand tomorrow. So they got a couple of days over there. But Hastings is out. I think Hastings being out, and even though Adam Clune is a solid half, 
I think Sean Johnson, if he plays, he's going to tear the house down with the Knights. And with that Warriors crowd behind him, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to see the Warriors not winning and going on and playing Brisbane in Brisbane next week. And then getting knocked out probably by Brisbane. Like I think it's a safe it's a safe bet to say that the grand final at this stage will be Brisbane v Penrith. Agreed. However, my heart says the Chookies beat the Storm, and my brain says the Storm flog the Chookies. I reckon. And if that happens, <laughs> if that happens, and the Roosters beat the Storm, then the Roosters will beat Melbourne next week, and Roosters are the champions this year. So if you beat the Storm. Then I think if we beat the play. Storm, because this week will be the single greatest Roosters finals win in the history of the Sydney Roosters. It's going to be better than beating them in the grand final. <laughs> well, no. He, here's the reason why. We've got fucking second string wingers. we got third string fucking centers. We don't have JWH in the front row, but Lindsay Collins is there. Fucking Crichton's coming. Of the year. Crichton's coming off the bench. Fucking Siwa Wong has become an absolute superstar. If we can hold our head, and I genuinely mean that for one player, they hold their anger, we get over Melbourne, we have the play to break Penrith open and we could beat Penrith. That's my heart saying. My brain says even (laughs) if we get through this week, we're getting fucking flogged next week. But my heart says Chookies are the champions this year. Do you know what that's and that I think that's what the beauty about sport really is, where it's like you still believe. Like statistically, chances are it's going to be very hard to beat Melbourne and even harder to beat Penrith. Oh, absolutely. But But I've said from the start, if you beat Penrith, I'd put I'd put my house on you winning the premiership. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. But there's still a chance, and I would love to see it. It would, it would be so much fun to watch someone not Penrith or Brisbane like sneak through. Like, imagine if the Warriors sneak through; that'd be awesome. Imagine, uh, and God forbid the Knights fucking get it. But you know, it would be kind of cool <laughs> to see. But let's leave the footy there because I think that's really that's where we're at with that. Do you have any other sports ball to talk about? I wanted to talk about the the fact that they've moved. The, the NRLW game tomorrow. Go on. So it was originally scheduled tomorrow night between the Tigers and Newcastle at Campbelltown Stadium. But due to the fact that the air quality has dipped so hard in Campbelltown, they've had to move it to Leichhardt Oval. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> has something happened out there recently? Yeah, they're back burning. Oh, right. I had... No idea that was going on. I was like, well, I knew it wasn't a great part of the city, but like, damn. <laughs> yeah, no, they've had to move it because of the back burning. Okay, well, that's good that they're looking out for player safety. Oh, it's unfortunate this year, mate. I haven't had as much time as I wanted to get around the NRLW. I think it's going to be my watch on replay when the NRL ends mm-hmm. because cricket never quite... The Big Bash is fun, but a game of footy over cricket pretty much any day of the week for me. Yeah, unless it's a T20, I can't fucking watch cricket these days. Exactly, right? So I have to watch it. That's fair. Um, 
Is there any big news going over in, on in the soccer at the moment? No, because the, the EPL's been on winter break. Oh, not winter break, but it's been on a break for international duties. Fucking Harry Maguire apparently scored an own goal against Scotland. He's England. done that, like, a lot, he, hasn't he? Like, he's scored more than one own goal. I think the problem with Harry Maguire at the moment is he can't get a run in at Manchester, which is his, his like, club. Because they won't, they won't pick him because he's shithouse. And he had an opportunity. He did have an opportunity to leave in the summer, but he um he turned down West Ham, and I think that was for the better. <laughs> did you see? Actually, I do have some EPL news. Did you see that um blow up by Postacoglu at Tottenham? No. So he's in the film room, and oh, sorry. You're all right. It was just a work one came through. He was in the film room watching and he was talking about defense. And then it's just, it's a very Australian thing. So he's like, you see that? You see how there's three plays back there, you know? What do you got? What do you got to fucking make sure of? And just goes absolutely and slams his fist on the wall. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's what he's like. What did he expect? He went to fucking Tottenham. <laughs> what well, you have a very biased perspective on Tottenham. <laughs> that's because Tottenham Andy. is shit. Thank you. And shit is Tottenham. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking Um, love that chant so much. It is. You know what? The US sports scene is so much fun to be part of because there's always like 150,000 people there and then another 100,000 in the car park and they're all drunk and they're all just screaming. It's cool. English sport is even more impressive because they've all been drinking since the day they were fucking born and they can all sing the same songs and they make them up on the fly. Oh, and some of their music. songs are great. Bro, the, the, who were they chanting to the other day that your teeth are offside? Gold. Oh, they used to <laughs> chant that at Luis Suarez. Yeah, Suarez, your teeth are offside. <laughs> mm. They used to chant uh, Ozil that his eyes were offside because he had bug eyes. Nah, they, it's they had it's a really, harsh. They had a really good one. So do you remember what I showed you Lutton Towns Stadium? Yes. So they had their first game at Lutton Town Stadium in the Premier League before the international break. How'd they go? So they got flogged by West Ham, 2-1. <laughs> oh, well, you, so you're happy. <laughs> I was stoked. But we're talking about chance. As the West Ham were leaving, you can see into a bathroom window. So they started chanting, we can see you have a bath through the people in the windows. Fucking hell, man. It's... It's got to be such a love-hate thing living in that suburb, Lutton, where it's like, oh, we're finally in the Premier League and then you live near the stadium. It's like, oh, there are going to be so many thousands of people at my backyard every weekend. Yep, <laughs> oh, it's great. It's fucking fantastic. But they had a fucking they had a few good chants during the game as well. So I think Kurt Zuma scored a... um, He scored a header off a corner to like... I think that was the one that got us the win. So the fans start chanting about him kicking his cat a few years ago. (laughs) So it was something, something, Kurt Zuma, he wears a magic hat. Something about him kicking a cat and he'll throw it fucking back. And then it goes on to say that West Ham was winning the Europa League this year. It was basically a song aimed at him kicking a cat, but just pulling it back to West Ham will win the Europa League this year. 
it's and like you're hearing that as a West Ham fan being like as the player in question Zuma being like, well, I agree with half of that chant. <laughs> Have you? And on sports news, I'm still currently working my way through Ted Lasso. Fantastic. And you, I'm glad you, you're liking that. Well, that's the thing, right? You know what I'm like with watching TV. It's yeah, that good of a sports it. show. I can't do it. You have ADHD. You can't sit there and just watch a show. You have to be doing like 14 other things. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's why, that's <laughs> why it's I'm like... What am I? I think... Hold on. I want to tell you where I'm at because I've been watching another sports show as well. I'm pulling up the episode because there's a lot of episodes in this. I am up to <laughs> episode 252 of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is so good. Hey, UFC happened on the weekend too. Big upset. I was in town. Yeah, Sydney, wasn't it? Or Perth? Yeah, it was up in Sydney. Sydney. So did you watch the, the final fight? Because that was the only one I watched. I, I didn't manage to watch the whole thing, man. And then I searched for replays and I could only find the replay of the American Anthem playing in the background and every shot he landed with a gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that summed it up pretty well. <laughs> Where, it I'll was a very what. controversial UFC weekend, my man. <laughs> There's it a lot was. of things were said. So I, I want to talk about that fight because my boss doesn't like Shane Strickland. He thinks he's a bit of a prick. He is. But, yeah. but the reason he doesn't like him is the reason I sort of respected him at the end of that fight. Why? Go f- on, go on. At the, so, first round went to Shane pretty clearly. It was, I think it was 10 9 Shane. Sean. Second, yes, but it did. Sean, whatever. Yeah, Shane sorry, Strickland. bro. <laughs> Shane Strickland's a fucking footy player, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, probably. Shane Strickland's a person. Like, I know that's a thing. Oh, without Sean's, a doubt. I'm looking it up. Okay, yeah, I I know why I know the name Shane Strickland now. Why? He's also known by as Swerve Strickland in AEW. It's <laughs> a pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Sean Strickland, fucking second round sort of went to him. I'd say third and fourth round went to Israel. Or was it second, third, Israel, fourth, Sean? And then in the fifth round, Sean sort of like pummeled him. And in the last 60 seconds, 30 seconds, he's just looking at Israel. He's like, come on, fucking hit me. Do something like just fucking really arcing up at him. And Israel's got nothing for him. Yeah, there was quite a few people who came out. And even Dana came out and said, like, hey, that something was up with Izzy. That wasn't his normal. And it wasn't. From all the oh, I think, clips it, I've I think seen. it was a matchup. I th- I don't think the matchup was correct for Izzy. Because Izzy was Definitely looking for. Because Izzy really needed to knock him out to win, and he just couldn't find the, the moment. Whereas Shane, Sean sat back, was pretty reserved for the first four things, and took his chances when they came. And when they came, like, he landed a few fucking good hits, though. They were great. Very, very, like, and, you know, he's not traditionally seen as a a strike-based fighter. Like, he's a very good kind of, I know, he's got a bit more of a street style. Like, you're a little Mm. bit like Nick, like uh, Nate Diaz, where it's like, oh, yeah, he'll stand and throw a few punches here and there, but it's mainly just kind of power hits and a jab or two, and then he'll have a bit of a wrestle and do a bit of jujitsu. Like, he's that, that kind of build. Not a pure grappler. 
but not not a striker at the level like Izzy is. Like Izzy's a freak on the stand-up yes. game. Has been for a long time. He just looks slow. It looked like he was kind of moving at 75% speed half the night. It could have been something to do with his weight cut. Could just be that Strickland's better than him at the moment. Who knows? But it, it just seemed like he was he was in second gear while Sean was in sixth gear. That's yes. really what it looked like because when Sean got started, like he wasn't stopping. I think the highlight, you, and you are correct, the highlight for the whole weekend of me is that Sean Strickland in the US, he's a very controversial speaker. So whether he truly believes it or not, that's up for whatever, whoever wants to get in on that. I, you know, yes, he says things that are technically not okay, but... What I, has I he said? Because I, be I don't know what he said. So this is where I'm a bit out of the loop. Ah, so look, he he will drop he will drop slurs in pretty pretty easily everywhere he goes, and you know that's not it's it can be a big deal, but he'll do that, and he's got some. Is he from the south? I don't know. No, and it's not even in that way. You know what? You know Colby Covington. How Kobe kind of went to sell the fight. He just kind of went full MAGA for a year to just like yep. build that heel character and really delve into it similar to that but kind of around masculinity femininity for strickland so men are this women are this boys do this men do this like some of his comments is i'm not going to let someone who jacks off to cartoons knock me out okay well he's from california california there you go but right from the south, California, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and Ohio. Comes over to Australia, starts, oh, north, starts talking shit, and then all the Aussies in the crowd are like, yeah, fuck yeah, Brody. It, it, was, a, it was almost wholesome, the fact that, like, he was accepted by so many of the Bogan UFC fans. He was like, the Homelander scene where he's like, oh, they love me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Like, because I, I knew nothing about him, I'm seeing him talk all this trash. I'm just like... You know what? I like this. I like people like this because this is funny. Yeah, and that's. I think that's what the big takeaway from it too is. Is like, yes, while you were very much on the line and you step over the line and you do say some insulting things too. I. It does seem more of a humor thing from him than it's a genuine, actual thing. And you know what? I don't think we should really take the words of anyone who gets punched in the face for a living seriously at all, ever. Is <laughs> it just mm-hmm. a human rule? They're just they're doing their brand stuff. The big question is: This is the second time this year, or second time in a row, that Izzy has lost the belt to a challenger. So it happened to Pereira. He then revenged that loss, and that was a fantastic one-two fight. Mm-hmm. Your Dana, are you going to give Izzy a rematch, or is it? Hey, man, you actually kind of need to win one or two more fights in a row against some other young up-and-comers to earn another chance at the title. Where are you sitting on that? I'd probably give other people a shot at the title. Just purely because Izzy's been in the scene for so long. And like you said, he's not winning at the level he has been. Let's take him out of the pool, give him a few fights and see if he can work his way back. I've always been a believer of that. Yeah. And that's where I'm sitting to where it's like, yeah, the rematch would sell a huge amount. But like, you know, maybe it is time to allow... Sean to fight some other young up-and-comers. It is it is a really cool division. You know, it's the middleweight division. It's the perfect blend between big bodies, power shots, but then also really, really technical skill. You go a little bit lighter, and it's more about technique because they're not as hard hitters. And then you go a little bit heavier, 
you know, I love Bam Bam. But, you know, most Bam Bam fights take about 45 seconds and there's two punches thrown. One person misses and then the other fat dude goes to sleep. That's how a heavyweight fight goes. They're awesome. Not this weekend but, it didn't. Yeah, it was strange. He, hey. got, <laughs> he got tapped out and I felt bad because I'm like, I wanted to see the shoey. Yeah. Could you imagine the Sydney shoey? You know what? This is And it's unique in the heavyweight division in particular where you have a couple schools of thought because they are so big and so strong. Like, we've seen, you know, Bam Bam is the traditional heavyweight fighter, which is 45 seconds on the clock, just go out there and swing, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You'll put someone down. And Garnu and Garne or Garn, Cyril, have been fantastic because they're these massive big bodies, but they also can move like a lower weight class. They're very athletic as well. So there's always that split between the two schools of heavyweight thought where it is you've got the full power school mm-hmm. of just, hey, it doesn't really matter where your physique's at, your fitness is, and they're still fit. Like, that's the thing. We're saying they're the least fit form of the UFC. They're still incredibly fit, man. 15 minutes in a cage is a very, very long time. No, I agree. But yeah, like that, and that's the kind of the weakness of that almost bro fighter mentality is that when you do hit someone who's been in the game for a long time and is now aging up, like Volkov's been in the heavyweight division for a very long time, you do start to see them lean back into more of their technique. And that's where the grappling, like grappling is all about that perfect application of the technique and it will it will work. We saw what Nemegomedov did with mm-hmm. just some of the most brutal grappling technique, which was just make the sport boring mm-hmm. because no one could touch him. And, you know, he left. So I, I'm i sad that we didn't get to see the Western Sydney shoey. Oh, well. Don't you worry about me when there's a shoey gone. Yeah, but hopefully Bam Bam goes, okay, you know what? I've gotten to pretty much as far as my natural talent can take me. Maybe I need to specialize a little bit, work really, really hard on some technique, work on a little bit of ground game, work on more of a comprehensive fight plan because he's got the personality and the talent to stay in the top 10 mm. of of the division. I'm just concerned that if he doesn't start to develop and change up his game plan moving forward, he's going to become sort of like a gatekeeper, which is like, oh, you're naturally talented than most of the division, but these gentlemen above you are the ones who are doing weird shit and they're always going to stay on top. So that's what I want to see from him moving forward. Fair enough. I just want to see him do more shoeys. <laughs> I did a shoey at the wedding the other day. Oh, God. No one Why else would did. you do that? Were you like, I, I just don't know. want to be Daniel? Well, I, want to be I Danny. had like, I was like, I was well over eight beers deep and I was trying to get the groom to do oh one God. with me. And I didn't check with him beforehand, so I'd already poured it. So I was like, well, I'm not tipping this out. Why is it so when you, it. you or your brother have eight beers, shit goes wrong? Oh, man. I don't know. One of one of life's great mysteries, I think, Andy. So, it's how just you hit that eighth time? beer. I think we need do to we move gotta, on to Monza. We've got to get through Monza. We do have to get through Monza and talk about Singapore. Okay. Monza. What do you reckon? Uh, I agree. Singapore. <laughs> nah, we'll do it properly. <laughs> you know what? I was so out of it watching Monza, I don't remember what happened. 
I feel like Ferrari fucked up. Did Ferrari fuck up? Not really. Not really. So, Carlos did incredibly well. You know what? Ferrari tried to fuck up, but Carlos just kind of turned the radio off and went, no, I'm actually going to perform well here. He's He had a crazy weekend. This is the big takeaway from Monza. Max won. Okay, well, whatever. Here's your big takeaway from Monza. Carlos was his own pit crew, his own race engineer, his own strategist, and also chased down a thief who stole his watch and caught him. That's true. He did do that. Yep. You know, look, Monza is always a good time of race. And I think what we'll do is we'll have a little bit of a chat about it now, just so we can get some content out about it. But next week, we'll actually sit down and do a little bit Both. more of an in-depth one. Yeah, but do a Singapore and Monza split sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, because... There was a lot to talk about, and it was a really, really good race. But both you and I have been talking for nearly like an hour and a half. We've just finished. About an hour. I, yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember anything. Here's the key takeaways: Yuki didn't start. Meanwhile, Liam Lawson just finished outside the points. Fantastic result for that team. Yeah, oh, huge, <laughs> huge <laughs> result. Piastri off the pace. Lando just got in the points. Nando. Not well. I feel like there was an issue with Nando right near the end and he had to pit. Am I right or am I wrong? It looks like I'm wrong. I can't remember. Like, bro, yeah. is it, you could say whatever you want. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that, that fucking happened. Look. Absolutely. Of course it did. Fucking, you know what we haven't talked about? That's probably more important. Lewis and Woody are confirmed at Mercedes through 2025. Not shocked on either count. I'm shocked at Woody. Oh, no, no, I'm not, man. No, absolutely not. So we have known for a very, very long time that the next person to lead that Mercedes team has been George Russell. That's why he was at Williams for so long. Toto, weirdly enough, has been very candid about it, being like, no, we see the future of Mercedes in that kid. There was no way that he was going to re-sign. I'm a, what I'm shocked about is Lewis has signed a two-year deal. And that the fact he signed a deal for just before 2026. You know what I mean? Like, it gives him options if he does choose to race on. Yes. Gives him options. And I I think the options are only going to be two. It's either stay at Mercedes or leave the sport. I, I doubt we'll see him jump to another team. But what 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 if hypothetically he can see that some another team is gonna hit the nail on the head like fucking Red Bull did going into twenty twenty six? Do you think he chases one more year? I think he does. Yeah. No, I've no doubt that he take chases. I don't know. Uh, I say I don't know if a team will take a chance on him. He's one of the greatest drivers in the sport and will be. Well, for c- a very consider long time. this. Consider this, there's only two seats tied up past 2026. Norris and Verstappen. So you're telling me if Lewis Hamilton's like, no, I'm hitting free agency, I'm really shaking up silly season, every team wouldn't throw a fucking contract at him to see which one he takes? Oh, it's so crazy. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy, but here's the thing, right? That's 2026 is three, two, two, two and a bit years away. Mm-hmm. Lewis is an incredible driver, but another two years, and we saw, and I don't want this to sound negative about Seb, but we saw what happened when Seb went down to a little bit of a lower team. We've seen 
Bottas also kind of go down and not really do a massive amount that couldn't rightfully be done by another driver on a lower wage that allows a bit more space to play. You know what I mean? Like, I every team's going to throw him a contract. Whether it finally goes through and that Lewis is confident enough to make the lunge and a team's happy enough to restructure their entire operating procedure to bring in this absolute phenomenon of a driver, I don't know if it's all going to line up. Now that I've said that, absolutely. Lewis at Ferrari, 2026. That's the only thing you're ever right about. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So that's that's where I think that is there. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Charles, I, I don't know if he'll stay at Ferrari on his next contract renewal. I can't imagine he'd be stoked about it. Uh Carlos is doing a really good job at the moment. He's, you know, he's had a very up and down career at Ferrari, but that's what happens when you join Ferrari. Like, you don't... <laughs> so Nothing goes wrong so for many you at Ferrari. And, you know, by that stage, we'll see another evolution of young drivers coming up from F2. So we've got people in there like Teo Porcher. We've got people in there... Uh, Liam oh God. Lawson. Liam Lawson, he's in super form at the moment, but he's definitely coming into the sport before. No, but if you if you're talking about those young drivers, then Liam Lawson's in that conversation. Oh, another one in that conversation would be fucking Felipe Dragovic as well. Yep, absolutely. Nick DeVries will still be sniffing around the sport at that point. Oh, I don't it think he comes back. Me. No, I don't think he's back. I think he killed his F1 career going to AlphaTauri. <laughs> no one's gonna no one's gonna take a plunge on a 29 plus year old kid who's had 10 Formula 1 races and didn't do well in any of them. But I'm not I'm sorry but that that's what his career is going to be defined as now. That yeah that and that's the logical answer but I'm saying he's still going to be sniffing around. You know what I mean? Like he's still hang he'll be somewhere. He he his fucking ceiling is a test driver. That's all he's going to be now. A test driver. The good the classic Ian Davidson. <laughs> yep. The other I love the Ant other one I was going to say, we've also got Schumacher to come back in. He'll probably get another run somewhere. Yeah, you know what? He's probably more likely than DeVries. Yes, because he has sponsorship behind him that kind of has money. And he also yes. has a name value that will bring in more sponsorship. doesn't matter yep. that fucking he spent two years at Haas and didn't do much. It's fucking Haas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gunter's spent like seven years there and hasn't done much, and we love Gunter. Exactly. Let's talk but about Singapore. So this is such a unique race. This is the one. It's like the boogeyman on the calendar. This is the one all the drivers are terrified of. Yeah, because you need to fucking prep hard for it. It's, it, it's a boring race on track most of the time simply because, and it... it often becomes a time-limited race too. So, you know, you're racing in the tropics. It's always hot. It's, it's very, a long very lap. humid. It's a long, it's a lap. long lap. There's, what, one runoff area, maybe. The rest is all concrete. Yep. It's, it's a race of attrition. Oh, massively. So I think it was, again, Carlos. I'm, in, I'm on Carlos's bandwagon at the moment. Carlos came out and they said, "Have you? how has your training been? He's like, all our training is about getting fit enough to Singapore. If you're fit enough to do Singapore the rest of the season, health-wise, is a breeze. 
Yeah. This takes such a massive toll. Like they lose kilos of sweat and water through this race. Mm-hmm. So and it's sort of one of those races where if your drink isn't working, it's time to retire the car. Because yeah, it's just yeah, too yeah, dangerous. Absolutely. To, it's way too dangerous to leave you out there. Yeah. You, it, it cannot be done. It's not mm-hmm. safe. It's awesome because it's under lights. And every time we have a nighttime race, it's particularly special because it's so beautiful. Let's talk about some predictions for it, though. So who do you think is going to get pole? Charles. Oh, really? See, I'm going to say Max on pole. No, Who see, what's going to happen? <laughs> Max. Max is going to throw up his Uno reverse card and be like, no, this is mine. What league did that happen in? Sorry, that's off topic, but we okay, need to so, talk about that. So the meme where the kid threw the Uno reverse card at the... the at side, the referee? It was, a cha- it was the Sideman charity game with like oh. KSI. <laughs> that's such a fun game, that. Every year that comes around. Yeah. Because they're weirdly pretty good at footy. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like he gets yellow card and he just pulls the Uno reverse card out and the ref's even like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how, how do I respond, respond to that? that? He's <laughs> with a plus four, he's off for 15 minutes instead of 10. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's what that came from. But yeah, Max is just going to do that. Charles is going to get pole and Max is going to hold up his reverse card and fucking win the race by 25 seconds. You're going to have Homer Simpson in the background going, boring. <laughs> Quite probably. Quite probably. So I guess our our piece of viewer's advice for this race is just enjoy the pretty lights. Just lizard brain your way through it and have a little bit of fun. <laughs> and it'll be on at a regularly decent time for us. Yes. I love when it's on at night time where we actually kind of get to watch a little bit. It starts but at you know 10 p.m. It's going to go for time. fucking five hours anyway because there's going to be seven red flags like there is every year. What do you mean? There's only going to be... Sergeant, two red flags. Nah, George is racing. Three red flags. (laughs) (laughs) And one angry Woody. Oh, bro. Mr. He turned into me. (laughs) Actually, before we go and wrap this up, I have one last question for you because it's starting to pop up a lot more. And by a lot more, I mean pretty much every website that covers Formula One has had an article on this topic. So I need you to take your silly hat off for five minutes. All right. And just go through this and deconstruct this question and give me an answer at the end in your best Jack logical way. (laughs) If you're Aston Martin and you are dead set on becoming a world championship contender at what point do you tell Lance this is your final season we need to move on knowing full well knowing full well your team boss is his father I know you're saying four years ago I want you to actually go through it because I reckon it has to happen in the next three weeks if it's gonna I, we're getting to the point, yeah. So this this comes up a lot, and I don't think my answers change from any of the other serious answers I've given over the last two years. Which is, yes, as much as Lawrence got into this sport to give his son the dream job and support him that way, when Lawrence actually became a team owner and involved in the sport, it fundamentally changed what his goal was right so he went in originally sponsoring and 
owning shares to, you know, get his son a seat and let him have a bit of fun. Once he took that ownership role, this is a businessman. You don't get a billion dollars by being a nice, kind, gentle human being who looks after people. They don't exist. Most billionaires mm-hmm. out there are there because they have a ruthless streak that they are happy to use. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of how our society works at the moment. Lawrence is now a team owner. He wants to be a world champion because he knows if he gets a constructors championship, that means that he is a world champion mm-hmm. owner. I think it I think it has to come soon. I would hope that the announcement is made before the end of the year and that we see a combined Alonso Felipe Dragovich next year in the car. Is that who you say you should get the seat? Because I look at I, I take a different approach to it. I think I think Lawrence would want the best now and he wants that championship sooner rather than later and he wants to take full advantage of the fact that he has Fernando Alonso on his team. So to do that, you sort of need someone who is at the level of Fernando Alonso driving alongside him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do very much know what you mean. This is why I'm smiling at you right now because I'm like, okay, pull the band-aid off and say Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Daniel, actually. Who are you going to say? There is another top-tier driver right now who is currently struggling and has a relationship with the Racing Point family. And if Lawrence could, you know, eat some crow, fucking go and have a chat, then why not try and bring Sergio Perez back with a little less pressure, allow Daniel to move up into that Red Bull seat, and just... It it makes more sense that way, in my head. It does. No, it does, and I like it. I like it so much. Like your, you go to Red Bull as like, hey, look, here's the offer. We'll pay out Sergio's contract. We'll pick his contract up if he's willing to come back. We take the pressure off him, and in that, in exchange, you guys get to sign up Daniel Ricciardo to the main team, which seems to be your long-term goal. And then it also allows them to put Liam Lawson in the Alpha Tauri. And you can keep Yuki if that's the way they want to go to. I I very much like that. I do very much like that. Because that's the thing, right? I want to support Aston Martin as a team. I think the car looks great. Green is my favorite color. We all, like, the whole world loves Fernando Alonso. Yes. Everyone likes Checo, except for... No one likes fucking Stroll. No, and no one does. (laughs) So, it's just, it's the right... It's the right thing to do. Yeah. And as I said, and I'll say it again, don't even fucking tell Lance. Just send him an email. (laughs) The other thing too is China might be getting shafted from Alfa Romeo. That's the other driver that's probably coming on the market. I don't think Guan Yu Zhou is going to stay. I think there's a good chance he's moved on at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, which is it, I'm a, and I always have been, and I don't know why I'm such a, a Joe fan, but they, and you already brought it up earlier in the show where it's, that Sauber team's at a very, very interesting point of their career where they're, they're about to morph into the Audi group. Mm-hmm. They are putting a lot of money and resources behind it, Bottas has earned his spot in any team with what he's capable of. 
Joe is the weakest link there. It wouldn't surprise me if they gave him the tap on the shoulder to bring someone else in to have a really, really strong end of this regulation, start of the next regulation. Where that happens, though, is I don't think Joe has done enough for any other team to go, yep, we'll bring you on, opposed to any other young driver that's available. There is one caveat that Joe brings that no other young driver really brings. Is that the money? That's the money that China puts behind him. That's why I said China leave Alfa Romeo, not Guan Yu Zhou. Because if yeah. the money goes, then they can sow the seeds of communism at another team. <laughs> There's a hell of a way to describe it, Andy. <laughs> well, we've got but, yeah, fucking, fair enough. We've got the US sowing the seeds of democracy at fucking Williams at the moment. You know what? Now that now that we've leveled out the playing field, absolutely. And then we've got what? The shoeys are being sewn through McLaren and Red Bull. Yes. And then, yeah, fuck, I can't. I got no more jokes about that. Yeah, probably. That's that's my statement on that. Probably, all over. That's where I think we will see it go. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we should leave it. We've done more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm more happy than I expected. So let me see if I can uh, do the wrap-up of both shows in one. So thank you very much for listening. It, it does mean a lot to us. I know we've uh, been all over the shop the last couple of weeks. Big things have been going on. <laughs> Adult yeah. life's hard, hey. But you can follow us on social media pretty much everywhere. So if you like the motorsport segment of this show, you'll love Formula Bums, which is at Bums Formula on X slash Twitter and at Formula Bums on all the other social medias like Facebook and Instagram. And the that's all the ones. social medias. <laughs> there you go uh, and if you like the non-motorsport talk then you'll probably love Bums on the Bench which is and very conveniently at Bums on the Bench on every social media thing this is what happens when you let Andy set up your accounts and not me in fact yeah. he's taken the keys off me for the domain registration <laughs> which I'm not the, allowed anymore the other thing um, too is we have a YouTube channel that's sort of like just sort of just sitting there as an archive at the moment it's bums media group bmg division (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah we called it that (laughs) yeah so feel free to go subscribe there we will during the off season discuss how we will go forward with that but that's just another thing too and the other thing i want to mention before i forget because we needed to mention it last week and i forgot bench is going to wrap up in about three weeks and go on a little hiatus for maybe two months. And this is news to Jack, but it makes sense why we're going to go, we're going to retool reformat and try and figure out the best way to utilize it. Cause it does feel like it's a bit all over the shop at the moment with a lot of NRL talk. Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, I guess we can be pretty candid about what our overall plan was when we began these these productions, which was the first five years from when we initially started was going to be, all right, year one and two, we're just going to throw as much random stuff at the wall as we can and we'll start to figure out what sticks. Yeah. Hopefully, we start to get <coughs> regular listeners. And we have, and the best part about that is the feedback that's provided, we do listen to and we do want to implement different things. So... Everyone who listens to this at this stage and for both shows independently or this mixed one, 
you all came in in really, really early days where we're just practicing what we're doing. And we do take it really, really seriously when we have these breaks about what do we actually want to produce to make this not only worth your time, but something that you want to tell people that you listen to. So we will be taking breaks over the summer. We sit down and we rejig everything. It's been a hell of a year for all three of us involved in the production of this show. I'm very excited for next year already. Very so, excited. So it's maybe, going to be fantastic. Maybe during the, during the off-season, we'll do an episode here, there, everywhere, put it out when we can, but it will be taking a back footstep and we'll be rejigging everything, looking at ways to improve. And I just wanted to be candid and clear about that before we wrapped up, that this is coming to an end in a few weeks for a temporary basis is probably the best way to put it you know our shows have seasons well this is our fucking off season (laughs) (laughs) we need an off season a because we need to fucking rejig ourselves a lot of us are suffering from burnouts and everything else that goes on with adult life (laughs) (laughs) fucking two full-time fucking jobs and only getting paid for one let's put it that way (laughs) but also we just want to make it a more enjoyable experience, like Jack said. Like, we like making it, but we want to make it better for everyone. Absolutely. And one day we'll take over the world. One day. Maybe. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week.